0: Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm George.
1: And I'm Amanda. George and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 24 for me and season 28 for George.
0: This is day six of season season 96, and we apologize ahead of time if there is a constant buzz in the background. Our power is out. We have a generator, uh, and we hope that eventually we'll be able to upload this. (laughs) We will see.
1: Depends on the vicissitudes of Wi-Fi.
0: Question one asks us for the most common Italian translation of the word clowns.
1: Uh, this is a factoid that I learned, or really at least uh, set into memory relatively recently. Um, I can't remember when there was last a question in Learned League or elsewhere about uh, Paliacci, but that is the uh, opera that is that, that features, you know, clowns as, or a clown as I think the main character, essentially. Um, and so I, you know, I honestly just kind of hadn't quite made that connection until that question came up somewhere. And uh, the, so now I just kind of have it down to an almost uh, Pavlovian, you know, Poliachi is clowns and clowns are Pagliacci kind of connection there. So that's what I put down.
0: I learned this within the last couple of weeks. I don't. Re- I don't even remember the context. I just remember that something said that, that, that I read something that said Poliachi meant ac- meant actually clowns. Yeah. And I didn't know that at all before then. And I don't know how I managed to retain it, other than oh, that's fascinating. Okay. hmm And it it stuck in my head. So I said clowns. There I said Poliachi. No, <laughs> yeah, <yeah>. <laughs> no,
1: don't say clowns. Um, and Poliachi is the correct answer. I'm sure it was that we both learned it at the same time. Probably we both right. saw it. I think yeah. that's the case. Um, and yeah, it, you know, the, the opera is really what is the kind of linchpin of that, that fact for me. Uh, moving on. Question two asks us about what shape uh, was, a, was made into a chair, effectively, by a couple of Danish uh, architects and designers, uh, one of them commissioned by a hotel in Copenhagen. For a hotel room chair.
0: I just couldn't land on this. uh, Partially because I just don't know the names of chairs. I think. Like, you know, I thought, oh, is this the Aeron chair? No, that's not a shape. And that would be kind of an insane thing for uh, a hotel to commission. Mm -hmm. Like that particular chair. I'm like, okay, it's not the Herman Miller chair. Mm -hmm. Uh, I tried to think of like that kind of plastic one that's in, that sort of looks like an airport chair that was, like, really big in the 60s, 70s, thereabouts. Mm. The one that's, like, just one piece, mm-hmm. you know, kind of rounded. Yeah, I think it was Yeah, nice. and I just, I couldn't think of what the name of that was. I thought, like, Beanbag, Papasan. And I thought, well, how about that that one that, like, hangs from the ceiling? Mm. Um, or, like, the one that, uh, that uh, kind of is egg-shaped, and I just couldn't... I, I just, I didn't know what the name of any of those were or what their shapes mm-hmm. were, so I just kind mm-hmm. of finally just said, I don't know, maybe it was the beanbag. Because maybe that was just a thing that a hotel in Copenhagen decided, hey, why don't we make chairs like this that are just pointless and weird and people can relax in them. So, sure, beanbag.
1: Yeah, so this one, I tried to come at it from... A few different angles and like my my first instinctive angle when asked about something like this is to think about you know some of those furniture makers that you're talking about like Herman Miller, um, Steelcase, uh, Mastercraft, you know and this partly comes from my own background being that I was born in Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. um, uh, many folks on both sides of my family have worked for those manufacturers Um, and so these things are kind of a little bit part of my, you know, family history, um, as well as, you know, I've been to the Henry Ford a few times and there are always famous examples of design of this type that are on display there. So I thought, well, surely I've, I've heard the name of this thing and can figure it out from there. And so I thought of things like the Aeron chair and obviously that's not, you know, the shape of a particular thing. And so that didn't yield me many possibilities, really. So I started kind of going over, thinking of just like, what are 3D shapes that I could picture a hotel chair being in, basically. Um, and I thought about like cubes. I could see a sort of cube-shaped chair with mm-hmm. a, you know, Aye. cube-shaped uh, uh, inset, kind of, for where you'd sit in it. Um,
0: sort of that one that's like four sides of the cube. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, something like that. Um, and I thought, eh, I mean, maybe kind of put that in there as a possibility. I thought about, could it be a sphere chair? That didn't sound really too, you know, design inspired. And I I went through a lot of, you know, 3D shapes. Like, could it be a wave chair? Could it be a cone chair? Like, that sounds really uncomfortable, so probably not that. <laughs> um, and, you know, along the way had thought of, of the egg shape. And I thought yeah, I guess, you know, I could see them making an egg-shaped chair and kind of tucking it in, you know, kind of like you'd be tucked into it like a little, you know, the bird or whatever that's that's hatching from the egg or something. Um, And I kind of thought, could I picture that being like a hotel room chair, you know? Um, There's, like, I've been in enough hotel rooms to know that there's kind of that common theme of you have, like, the desk and a desk chair, and you have the chair that's kind of like the, the sitting around or reading chair or mm-hmm. something like that. And, you know, could I picture, like, which shape could I picture that being? Mm-hmm. And the egg kind of just stood out to me a little bit as like, yeah, if I think of, you know, sort of Danish modern kind of design, it's going to have a lot of smooth surfaces and, you know, look sort of elegant in there and an egg shape is kind of elegant like that. Um, whereas a cube maybe isn't quite so... You know, inviting, comforting. I don't know, whatever. As not quite as aesthetic, if Mm -hmm. you will. Um, And so, just kind of at a guess because I thought this was really gonna have like an actual, you know, fancier name or something. Mm. Um, I I did put down egg. Um, I just thought, yeah. The the second sentence, I I can't even quite parse what that's referring to. Although I'm now I'm wondering as I re-looked at it, whether it's like um, those egg-shaped sitting areas that are like enclosed kind of, where there's like kind of a window that you go into to crawl into. I'm thinking of this from the 70s, early 80s kind of time. Sure. Um, you know, I, I may be getting this from Morgan Mindy. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I just thought, all right, you know, just kind of the, the gestalt of this. Mm-hmm. to me, mostly says egg, so let's go with that.
0: Fair. That was correct. Wow. Egg was right. Well done.
1: I gotta look up that chair.
0: <laughs> Question three asks us for a subsidiary of the Russell Majors and Waddell Freighting Company that existed from 1860 to
1: 1861. Right. Um, and, and kind of uh, attained an outsize, I don't know, reputation or mm-hmm. mystique or something as part of the american west basically um this is the pony express um which again is like one of those almost tropes of you know it probably got this from i don't know warner brothers cartoons or something like that in the same way that i i thought quicksand was going to be a much huger deal in my adult (laughs) life than it ever was um the pony express seemed to be a thing that uh, just was a source of fascination and inspiration for like mm-hmm. cultural stuff. Oh yeah. Um, certainly with all the Western shows that were kind of just a little earlier than, um, our generation made popular, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, yeah, this, yeah. And, and I remember learning later in life too, that it was a surprisingly short lived mm-hmm. thing yep. that this was, you know, not really sustainable as a, a method of, uh, um you know uh, transporting things or what have you and and was you know superseded by the railroad and and things like that so um you know i between those two things kind of clinched that this this should be the pony express and um that's what i put down
0: uh yeah there was a series of books that were like the choose your own adventure series hmm. Uh, called the Time Machine series, and the sort of central conceit of the Time Machine series was that you were being sent back in time to investigate an historical mystery. Sure. Some of the mysteries were better than others, Uh, but one of them that I remember, I think it was very early in the series, may may well have been the first one, was why did the Pony Express fail? Uh, And it turns out it was because of the telegraph was really the thing that the killed telegram. it, just okay. absolutely stone dead immediately. Like, as soon as the first telegraph line went up, the Pony Express was useless because it wasn't for cargo. It was for letters, ah, okay. mail, messages, that sort of thing. Something that, you know, you could ride on a single horse very quickly mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. rather than hauling a whole thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I just always remembered. And those the, that was the time, 1860 to 1861. Uh, and it was a very big deal. And then it was just so thoroughly... Uh, eclipsed by, you know, basically one telegraph being available. <laughs> sure. So just as soon as that became a thing at all, Pony Express died. Okay. So that was the Pony Express.
1: Yeah, and that was the correct answer. Mm-hmm. I think I would have just figured, since this is a freighting company, maybe mm-hmm. small objects or something would uh, maybe, go with the Pony maybe Express. Maybe, like, very, very know.
0: small. But But the intent of it was one rider... You know, what can one horse carry very quickly? Right. So it was essentially not cargo. It was just papers and the like.
1: Makes sense. Uh, Question four, moving back directly into the Gen X wheelhouse, (laughs) um, asks for the name of the character portrayed by Jack Klugman, uh, who was a medical examiner on a show that ran from 1976 to 83.
0: I don't believe I've ever seen an episode of this, Me either. but it was still very much in the cultural consciousness. I mean, we were ten when it went off the air. Right. Um, this was Quincy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the show was Quincy, MD specifically. Uh, I could be wrong. Could just mm, be Quincy. I, uh, I think it might have been uh, maybe originally one of the one of those like mystery movie ones that they did. Okay. Like there was a whole thing that NBC did with, like, the the rotating mystery movie. And, like, every week you'd get one of, like, three or four different uh. w- different ones. And it would be, like, a full movie length instead of just the hour episode. I, 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 I seem to recall that Quincy was one of those, and then it kind of went into just the hour format. But I may okay. be thinking of something else. But, yeah, it was it was still very uh, very much a thing. And, but it was a thing that grown-ups watched. You know, it was a murder mystery. Kids right, were not right. interested. Um, and it was... That you, know, you you say Jack Klugman, I think Quincy. You say medical examiner, I think Quincy. So yeah, this was this was right right down the right down the barrel for us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know, even as I listened to you say that and echo many of the feelings I had about it, um, it was one where lots of different TV doctor names crowded into my head, and it took me a long time to clear out the cobwebs of. Marcus Welby mm. and Trapper John mm. and and detectives too. Sure. like this isn't Matlock. This mm-hmm. isn't, you know, uh, any other sort of detective, not not Columbo, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, despite being kind of in that same, you know, network TV. Right. Just by the numbers, kind of mystery, mystery solving. Show. Yeah. And like you said, you know, this this thing was all over TV and syndication and. Um, and I never would have voluntarily watched it, mm-hmm. um, being the age that I was, and and it was definitely you know kind of a, a source of like I a lot of my interaction with it would have been remembering it being sort of obliquely mocked on David Letterman, for example. Okay, like okay. you know that's that's the kind of thing where it would be conveyed to me by the cultural zeitgeist that. Quincy was for old squares and, sure. you know, why would you ever want to watch it? And I, I still haven't, there's, it's, it hasn't come back up or had a renaissance or anything. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, all that to say, uh, I, I put down Quincy, but it took me way longer than it probably should have <laughs> because like, I had to, you know, repeatedly tell my brain, no, not Marcus Welby. Nope. His name is not Marcus. Nope. This isn't the thing you know put it away put it away and I had to um you know let this one go for um you know a few hours I would say Mm -hmm. um and it just kind of I had to let the whole thing go for a few hours because some of these just did not come to me like the egg thing took me a while to to finally settle on um and the next question as well when we get to that so um I finally came back around and it like the power of letting something go and clearing your working memory mm-hmm. and thinking about other things while yep. circuits complete in the background yep. um, can hardly be overstated. Like, if you want to up your game, that's probably my number one, yep. you know, strategy yep. is just, you you know, if if you really yeah. want to try to move up, then... Mm-hmm. You can't rush things right
0: yeah that that really helps you avoid the oh right I knew that mm-hmm. responses when you when you when you uh, enter yeah.
1: yeah and especially with something like this like I I knew for a fact that I would know this one <laughs> I knew it I, I I knew that I knew it and so I had to let my brain find it and, and not uh, try to, to rush things too much so I put down Quincy
0: and that was correct Phew. Question five asks us for the subject of a nominated Best Musical in the Most Recent Tony Awards and the writer of the winner of the uh, Best Musical of the Most Recent Tony Awards.
1: Indeed. that the, These two people share uh, the same first and last names, and so we're meant to give both of those as the answer. And so this one also really took me a long time to kind of, gestate or digest or something that you know to kind of uh narrow my focus on it um because you know this is not something that i super you know keep track of or anything as far as like i'm not real great with like best picture or emmy awards either but so tony's are even Mm -hmm. a notch further down on my awareness list um and so these are not things that i can be like well, here were the five nominees. So which ones of these could it be? <laughs> like, no, not, a, not remotely close to that. Um, but I thought it can't be something, you know, super obscure. It's got to be something that's related to musical theater was my initial thought. Like, you know, these kind of um, uh, entertainment sectors like to
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, award, you know, give awards to things about their sector. Right. Um, and so I really, like, I I thought of names like Bob Fosse, Mm. um, you know, I tried to think of things that would be, um, that also could be, um, just common names because, you know, that it would make sense that if both these people have sort of like, you know, not unusual names, it's, it's, you know, Mm -hmm. um going to be something that is likely for people to share the names. So um, I thought about, well, uh, you know, who in the kind of uh, musical theater area could this be about? And I thought about what, you know, what do I know about the shows that were out there the past, you know, few years? Because we've been getting tickets to like the Broadway and Detroit Mm -hmm. shows and so, I kind of ran through some of those titles, thinking about you know, was this about uh six, and this is like Henry <laughs> Tudor or something was that mm. like but that didn't seem like that that was too opaque of a connection sure. um and so I went through and thought about like sort of what are the jukebox kind of musicals because mm-hmm. like we saw the Donna Summer one and yep. I think, is she still alive? I think she is. Donna Summer, I believe so. Or at least she, I thought she'd been alive more recently than 2009. Yeah. Because it, it, it did help to kind of refocus around that, like, who mm-hmm. died in 2009? Yeah. That, that you know, 13, 12 or 13 years later, there would be a musical about them that, you know, would fit in with all this. Yeah. Um, And it really took me a a good while to kind of turn over different options and think back to 2009, which was the year that you were deployed to Iraq. Right. Um, And so that never helps because, like, we didn't have nearly as much mind meld time to, like, you know, kind of digest some of the pop culture happenings of Mm -hmm. that year in some ways. Because, you know, you're not just, we're not spending that time together or talking all the time. Um, but it finally flowed to mind that, like, was that the year Michael Jackson died? I thought, I, I, I think I'd previously thought about, like, was there a Prince musical? Was there a David Bowie musical? And that started, like, turning some of those gears to be like, I think that was when Michael Jackson died. I'm pretty sure there was a musical about him pretty recently. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that a name like Michael Jackson is going to be shared with lots of people,
0: sure, sure. whether
1: in the musical theater or other entertainment industries or not. I mean, I know there's like a, a like beer critic or something who has that name, or possibly wine critic or something. Uh, like yeah. there's, you know, it's it's a known public figure name beyond... Just, you know, the, the the erstwhile king of pop. So, um, I thought, I think that checks all the boxes. So, I'm going to put down Michael Jackson.
0: Wow. Uh, <laughs> I, I just stumbled on this one right out of the gate and oh. couldn't... It could, because, as you say, we, we do hit the Broadway and Detroit uh, things, but those are generally older musicals. Yes. M- maybe not by too long i mean this Mm -hmm. this year we're actually kind of weirdly uh the 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 program the national tours are kind of weirdly current because there's six which Mm -hmm. is coming up in a couple Mm -hmm. of months which i'm very much looking forward to that opened like just barely on broadway like right before the pandemic or it was supposed to open right around the start of the pandemic so it it got delayed for a long time and so like it's practically contemporaneous with the the Broadway uh, version. Sure. And then there was the one we just saw last week that I've... Jagged
1: Little remember. Pill?
0: Jagged Little Pill, which, kind of the same, was okay. only open for a few months before it closed because of the pandemic. Ah. So, yeah, we're, we're seeing stuff that's a lot more current than usual. I guess so. But still what that means is we have not seen whatever this one is. It is not on tour yet. Right. Uh, so that means I don't know what it is. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I... So I for some reason I my, my brain confused this question with well this question confused my brain I'll say okay and so I started thinking like oh well there was a there was a musical about there was a Broadway thing about a composer of another Broadway thing recently the tick tick boom yes and rent and so I just couldn't get past well that was like Jonathan Larson right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um the the one was about him and then he also obviously wrote rent so yeah that would have gotten a lot of awards too and so i just that's what i thought of and i mm-hmm. it, it i just could not reread that question enough for it to make sense that no that it wouldn't have been like rent wouldn't have won a tony in 2022 Right. And even Tick, Tick, Boom, I know has been out longer than that because there was a movie last year about it, if not the year before that.
1: Right.
0: So that's been a while, too. Um, And also, the Jonathan Larson who wrote Rent and the Jonathan Larson who is the subject of Tick, Tick, Boom are the same Jonathan Larson. Yes. It is not a matter of two people with the same name. Good point. Good point. (laughs) So, absolutely... Utterly fumbled this one. Oh. Just, yeah, wrong way corrigan my ass all the way to <laughs> Jonathan Larson. Let's go.
1: Oh, Con Sarnet. The answer is Michael Jackson. Well done. <laughs> I I, had, I will take that well done yeah. because good yeah. lord. I had
0: no idea they were doing, is, is it a jukebox musical
1: with uh, his stuff? I think Or is it just like so? about him? I, I mean, think it's also both? biographical though. Right,
0: like, like the Donna um, Summer one.
1: Yeah, okay. a bit like that. Probably. As opposed
0: to like jagged little pill, was not at all a, a about no. Atlantis or whatever story you wanted to assign to that album. We were yeah. very, su- I was very surprised at that.
1: You know, I I had figured it would be about something that wasn't specifically that album. Mostly, I was surprised it didn't take place in the nineties, right. which is where that album lives yes. in my mm-hmm. uh, psyche. Yeah. Um, but uh, by the way, that's very good, and you should go see it if you have a chance surprisingly good yes. for a jukebox musical mm-hmm. uh you know book by Diablo Cody Probably who hoped. really did a nice a nice uh gloss on it mm-hmm. and uh yeah really like good characters good kind of like you if i, I want to compare it directly to we're going on a total tangent so you can <laughs> skip like yeah, 3 minutes of this, of this oh my god of this podcast <laughs> like just we'll, we'll tell you later um but comparing it to the Beetlejuice movie which Play took its, or musical. Uh, musical, yes, thank you. Which took the movie source material mm-hmm. and tried so hard to cram an emotional mm-hmm. core into it yeah. that is not there in the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that it just, it was too, that was too jarring for me and I couldn't get into it. Yep. This one, I had zero expectations of that happening, um, and yet it totally managed it. it. It was kind of a feat of, you know, acrobatics almost yep. um, to just... It just relentlessly focused on what seemed like reasonably real characters mm-hmm. having real struggles mm-hmm. and not and a, a lot, lot of unearned <laughs> yeah, you know emotions stuck in there, so mm-hmm. um, so yeah, also incredible singing and mm-hmm. you know
0: really um, interesting staging, yeah, they really did a lot of very creative mm-hmm, stage mm-hmm.
1: work, I think that that's something that is um. Has been kind of a common theme with like musicals trying to be modernized. I feel mm. like, um, yeah. like the Mean Girls musical, mm-hmm. um, you know, Beetlejuice did that to some extent, and this did too. Dear Evan Hansen, mm. you know, really I, I, I think went a lot in that of direction. Them
0: did that within the confines of what they could do, but I think that, and I don't know why we're still discussing this, <laughs> but I think that Jagged Little Pill. I think did it better than those other. Did it more imaginatively hmm. than those other ones.
1: I mean, to the extent that I've you know forgotten most of all of them, <laughs> uh, I'll, right? I'll, I'll I'll take your word for it, mm-hmm. kind of, because I just that that in the part that stuck with me. But mm-hmm. I you know, yeah. I think it did a really nice job.
0: You can really tell that we're just stalling for something to do at this point, because yeah, so we're gonna we, we, we can't get The Last of Us uh, to to work because the internet's out. Yeah. It's
1: true, yeah. So the twenty seven minute mark is when we're gonna tell people to come back, um, and and we're back to the question material here. On to question six, I believe. Go ahead. Um, so question six asks us for a gaseous element that's totally inert and has the lowest boiling point of all the
0: elements colorless odorless non-metallic just the most boring ass element you can think of <laughs> what is that well that's definitely going to be helium
1: yeah
0: well uh, the least really, metal the, of yeah all. The, the, the thing that really uh pinned this one down for me you know for one lowest boiling point means it's gaseous just mm-hmm. like purely what's one that you only ever think about as a gas oh yeah because um, this is very close to absolute zero mm-hmm. um and no known compounds okay so it's not hydrogen Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not so it's got to be one of the noble gases. Those are the yes. inert ones. Those are the ones that don't have compounds. Uh, some of the higher ones do. So I just kind of started thinking, okay, there's argon, there's neon, there's xenon, there's krypton, there's helium. And I thought, well, helium probably is going to be that cuz it's pretty much always gaseous. Mm-hmm. It's as stable as you can possibly get. Yeah. For for an element cuz it's got, you know, the two Uh, it's got the two protons two neutrons two electrons and that's like the the most stable possible configuration right and everything above that even if you even if it's a noble gas that generally is inert i think not all the other ones but a lot of the higher ones have these kind of sometimes very uh, under very exotic conditions will actually form compounds with other things Mm. Uh, even if difficultly and briefly but helium just made sense to me just because it's uh it fulfilled all those other things it's just not a thing yeah it's just what it is and it's there go helium yeah you be you
1: (laughs) yeah i had the the exact same thought and just knowing it's it's basically the littlest one Mm -hmm. of the noble gases which makes sense that it would have Kind of the, the least of sort of all different forces acting on it to keep it mm-hmm. into uh, a liquid form because yeah. the boiling point is going from liquid to gas. Um, and I thought, yeah, this this has to be helium because, you know, it, it just, again, checks all the boxes it precisely, as you said. Um, so that's what I put down as well.
0: And that was correct. How about that? Which means you beard it
1: twice in a row. Well huh? done!
0: Oh my gosh, it's great! I got four, which better than yesterday. Oh, by the way, uh, I got credit for Dracul ah, indeed. instead of Dracula, and I I should not have, frankly. Mm. Uh, and if you if you I, I lost anyway because my opponent got five correct. I mm. defended well, but not not well enough, and my opponent defended well as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, yeah, if if you got that. If you got credit for Dracul and it made you win, uh, then you owe the universe uh, (laughs) some sort of payment. Sure. You should donate to a charity.
1: Well, here's what balances it out is I'm given to understand, uh, reading the Facebook posts on past question, past match days, that uh, just saying Top Gun for the movie Top Gun Maverick was not accepted. Reasonable. But... Just saying Maverick was. Interesting. And there was much discussion of that. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that in either direction, personally. Yeah, I don't like that, because
0: Maverick's a different thing.
1: It is. Um,
0: As long as we're recommending random-ass pop culture. uh, (laughs) The Maverick movie, starring, unfortunately, Mel Gibson uh, and Jodie Foster from the Mm -hmm. mid-90s. Oh, yeah. Very good. Charming. Kind of disappeared, both, Mm -hmm. I think, at the box office and just kind of culturally, but... Uh, if it if it is streaming anywhere, I highly recommend it. Great little heist con film.
1: Yep, yeah, I, I recall seeing that one in the theater and yep. probably renting it mm-hmm. uh, more than once yep. um, oh, I, with the I family because definitely that was that a favorite because that was uh, great. And of course, James Garner, yeah, um, reprising his TV show role that inspired it. Sure. Um, but yeah, that was I thought that was very surprising, especially because the question itself pins the movie to the year. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't another Top Gun uh, movie released in 2022. Mm -hmm. So to say, oh, no, you can't just put down Top Gun because that's not specific enough. Heck, yeah, it is. The question made it so. And given that things like Dracul versus Dracula are going to be, you know, accepted. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a more obscure differentiation than i guess top gun versus top gun maverick but hey you know i I, it's it's a weird sort of idiosyncratic Mm -hmm. um judgment call i guess yeah so um but yeah pretty pretty darn glad to to beer it twice in a row did not expect that at all um especially you know i thought i did some decent work on on thinking of good answers to these questions i just thought about three of them, I was like, "It might not be the right answer, though." Um, so, pretty happy with that, and gonna help me, you know, uh, hold on to the the bottom half of <laughs> <laughs> the Rundle, but not uh, the red zone. Uh, luckily. Whereas I
0: am deep in the red.
1: Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, happens. Yeah, you know, that's. Some
1: days are I, like that. I'm an A
0: minus That means sometimes mm. I suck.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm overperforming as a B-plus for a brief shining moment here, at least. So I guess I'll take that.
0: Well, that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow, assuming that we get to upload this ever, (laughs) uh, for for more post-game analysis. And remember... Don't forfeit. Don't cheat.